Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries. Here on this podcast, we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. I am the host of this podcast, and my name is Shakira. So welcome back for a brand new episode, y'all. I am exhausted. I have had a very long week. I'm recording on a Sunday. But while I am on campus in this little, there are these little rooms. It's kind of like... I mean, it's a small size, right? But sound bounces off the walls. So I'm trying something new. I'm seeing if the recording is going to be a lot clearer, much cleaner. So we're going to see. If you all like this sound, let me know. And I will try to um, make it a point to come up here and record, you know, at least until I graduate in December. So... Anyway, welcome back for a brand new episode. If you're new here, don't forget to go ahead and subscribe so you'll be notified every single time we have a new episode, which is every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Now, if you've been with us a while, you already knew that. Thank you for coming back. So you all know how this goes. We're going to have our carefree updates and then we're going to talk. I have not been in a, I don't want to say a mood. No, I'm going to say it. I have not been in a mood to really like go into extreme detail, right? As far as like the topics, because I did that so much and I love those kind of episodes, but I kind of have to be inspired to do things like that. And I have not been inspired lately. The only thing I've been inspired to do lately on here is to actually just have a conversation where I tell you what's been going on with me and how I feel like you can take something from what I'm going through and, you know, make it for your good, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> let's have our carefree updates and then we're going to have a little conversation. So, first things first, Issa Rae is out here working. So, she has Insecure, she has the Black Lady Sketch Show that she's working on, and now, apparently, she is working on a remake of Set It Off. So, you all remember what Set It Off is, the movie with Queen Latifah, Jada Pickett-Smith, Vivica Fox, um, Kimberly Elise. It is a classic. If you have not seen it, I am silently judging you right now. I am silently judging you. You have to see it. But apparently she is planning a remake of it and she's set to produce and also star in the remake of Set It Off. Now, I have mixed feelings about this. I do. I have mixed feelings about this. I am not... I am someone who, if the first one is good, leave it alone. Like, that's how I feel about a lot of things. And it's no shade and it's nothing personal. But that's just how I feel about things. Like, um, I still have not seen the Lion King remake. I told you all that I am not a fan of live action. Even if they made an animated remake of the original Lion King, I probably still would not have watched it. Aladdin is, like, my favorite Disney movie. And I did not see the live um, action Aladdin uh, I just don't like redos. I feel like if it was good the first time, let's just leave it alone. So, I mean, this could actually be good. It could be good, and I want to keep my mind open on this one. I mean, I'm going to support it anyway because it's Issa right, you know. But I'm a, I'm a little like, uh, I'm a little on the fence about it just because of the whole remake thing. I feel like we remaking a whole lot of stuff. Like, let's make some original content for once because we remaking a lot like let's get some new ideas pumping out there so anyway 
congrats to her on that. I will be supporting it, and you all should be too. The more that I learn about it, I will let you all know. Now, next, I remember you all, we did not, did we talk about it on here? I don't think we talked about it on here, but a while ago, there was a referee, I'm sure you all remember, who made a wrestler, a high school wrestler at that, cut his locks. So the other day, they finally decided that he should be um, suspended for two years. So he has a two-year suspension via New Jersey. And I'm going to read you a little bit of this article. And it says, the New Jersey high school wrestling referee who was widely criticized for making a wrestler cut his locks to avoid forfeiting a match in December has been suspended for two years. The Office of New Jersey Attorney General and its Division on Civil Rights announced the suspension in a press release earlier this week, noting that it had concluded its investigation into the matter. Um, it was widely condemned. Ava DuVernay called the Attorney General's Office, I believe, no, the Commissioner's Office of Education, and had a conversation with him to discuss the incident. And I remember when this hit social media because... It made people very sad, and I know it made me sad because to watch that child, because that's what he is, a child, he was in high school, um, have to sit there and cut his hair because of biases that people have and how they didn't see his locks as being natural it just broke my heart and it broke the hearts of other people and apparently they said that they are going to have these implicit bias trainings for different referees and people in that field or area I guess in New Jersey and my thing about the implicit bias trainings is this how many of those are we going to have? <laughs> like, every time someone does something like this, every time people are called on the carpet to be held accountable for their actions, anytime that something goes viral on social media and people actually have to apologize for something, their first thing is, oh, okay, we're going to have implicit bias trainings. Okay, what else? Like, what else? Okay, this is good. Like, you're suspending him for two years because hopefully... He can be used as an example for other referees to not make the same mistake, right? But at the same time, it's two years long enough to get rid of biases he's probably had for years, you know. And then two, what are these trainings like? Like, what's happening in these trainings? Because they pumping them out like hotcakes. Y'all pumping out trainings left and right. But do you have professionals and people in those trainings that are actually giving them valuable information and telling them, you know, this is what's wrong, this is what you all are doing, and this is how you can fix it? And then also, are the attendees, are the people that have to attend these trainings being open to changing and, you know, negating and unwinding all of these biases that they've had for years? You know, these people are probably 40, 50 maybe the youngest in their 30s, you know, years old. So they've had, even myself, I'm 25, and I've gotten to a point where I recognize certain biases that I have that it's going to take years to unwind. And these people being older than me, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm like, do they want to change? Like, are they willing to recognize where they are wrong? And if they are, like, what are they going to do? Because they're, at the end of the day, they're more than likely going to go back to communities in which 
the people around them, the people surrounding them have the same kind of biases towards other people, people of color, black people, hair, dialects, clothing, um, socioeconomic statuses. So I just I just don't feel like a two hour training is going to unwind 30 plus years of bias. I just don't see it. You know, it's a nice step, but that is something that has to be ongoing within those um, within those groups of people. That's how I feel about it. I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel. Now, in other news, Betty Midler. I had never. I don't think I'd heard her name before, um, but I definitely heard her name a lot yesterday. She came under fire because she tweeted this. She said, "Beyonce has 133 million Instagram followers, more than double the people who voted for Trump. Wouldn't it be amazing if the Beehive mobilized to defeat him? I also wouldn't mind if a regular Beehive effed his s up." <laughs> and sis was not ready for what was coming her way after she tweeted that. So apparently she is an American songwriter. She's won multiple Grammys, et cetera, et cetera. She was in something called Hello Dolly. I don't know what that is, and I'm not even about to take the time out to Google it because it's not about that. What it is about, though, is how... Black women are always held accountable or always expected to swoop in and save the day. One tweet that I saw in reference to this was that I believe Ariana Grande, I want to say Selena Gomez or Demi Lovato, one of them, um, and another white entertainer, maybe Taylor Swift, I don't know, has more Instagram followers than Beyonce. Oh, maybe they said Kim Kardashian. I don't know, y'all. It was somebody that wasn't black. And they said all of them have more Instagram followers than Beyonce. So what prompted you to say that Beyonce fans and stands should be the ones to defeat Trump in the 2020 election? When you could have said Kim Kardashian fans, you could have said Taylor Swift fans, you could have said Ariana Grande fans. Now, Ariana Grande fans, I believe that most of them may not be around voting age so I can see why she wouldn't say her but still at the same time (laughs) black women always have to put the cape on and Roxanne Gay she tweeted you should probably talk to the 53% white women who voted for Trump instead of expecting black women to carry this water and she is absolutely right so other Twitter users pointed out that Beyonce has used her platform to urge people to vote I'm sure you all remember in 2016 with Hillary Clinton she posted pictures she did like a little fundraiser and everything and she used her platform rightfully so you know what I'm saying So, what I just don't get is that it is always on our shoulders. It is always on our shoulders. Now, one actress, she was in Black Klansman. She's a white actress, and she said, Respectfully, Miss M, women who look like Beyonce did not elect Trump. Women who look like us did. We need to use our white ladies. We need to get our white ladies in line before we ask women of color to mobilize yet again to save our A-words in a system where they are not nor have ever been treated equally. And that's my thing. Whenever it's time to save the day, 
everyone calls on black women and say, we need to do this. We need your help. You all need to do this. You all need to do that. But then whenever something is going on with hair discrimination, whenever police brutality becomes a conversation, whenever access to health care or how black women are more susceptible to passing during childbirth, whenever those conversations come up, it gets quiet. No one says a word. But whenever y'all need our help, then you come knocking on the door. And I hate that. I really do hate that. Until you all are going to be able to, uh, how do I want to say this? Until you all are going to be able to include us in conversations, but not just including us in conversations, but using your privilege to help us when we need help. For example, all of the issues that I just mentioned, then leave us alone. Until you're ready to do that, leave us alone. Because at the end of the day, black people are... Black people and black women, black women specifically right now I'm talking about, are always going to answer the call. It's just in our DNA. It's in our makeup for some reason. We always have to answer the call of anyone who is underrepresented, anyone who needs help. We are always there every single time. And I have no issue with that, but we just got to do better. And we got to start holding these people accountable and calling them on a mess, which is what people did to this lady. So... I'm here for it. If you all want to see the uh, the replies to her tweet, just find her Twitter. Her name is, again, Betty Midler. And read the replies. <laughs> it's going to make your day. Now, that is all that I have for Carefree Updates. Let's have a brief little break for our sponsors, and then we're going to hop into our topic or conversation of the day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, y'all, so I am not going to lie. I was hesitant about having this conversation or talking to you all about this, period, because I am I am someone who, like, I want to help people, right? But I also believe in protecting my peace and my sanity and kind of keeping a lot of things to myself or not just within myself, but within my immediate circle of friends and family and even sometimes with that I'm like very cautious about who I tell personal things to even if it's like family and uh, even my friends my close friends still don't know a lot that happens in my life just because one I feel like um, I never want to feel like I'm loading people up with my stuff right and then two when people also have to carry their own stuff and then two I don't know, it's just like a a caution that I have because I never want anyone to be able to use something against me later on, which is why I was hesitant about like coming on here. But I mean, I'm thinking about it now as I'm speaking and I'm like, this is nothing that you could use against me later on. So this is just like a, a small testimony that I wanted to share with you all of something that happened to me recently. 
and it's personal to me, which is why I was hesitant about talking about it. So basically, last week, well, let me just start from the beginning. Let me rewind. If you do not know, I am signed to an agency for modeling and acting, commercial acting. And it's a it's a little bit of um like film acting, but not very much. It's mostly commercial modeling and acting. So I'm signed to an agency here in Florida. And this agency represents, um, I guess you can say Central Florida. I live in North Florida, but they still represent me because there are no agencies up here that are really like hitting on anything. So I had to sign with them. Not had to, but it was a good option for me. So I signed with them this year, earlier this year. And I had gotten, I booked one job with them. And basically that job was with Carol's daughter. Carol's daughter came down here. They had a shoot. It was like a model call. I went like on a limb, not a limb, a whim. I went on a whim and a limb, I guess you could say. So I went and I believe this was in March this year. Yeah, it was in March this year. Went, I was scared because it was my, I had never done anything like that before. And I was just like, I don't have a portfolio. I don't know the terms. Uh, These people have probably been to every model call down here, blah, blah, blah. But the night before, so it was out of town. Again, I, I, I live in North Florida. This was in Central Florida. It was out of town. So me and my dad, here we go. We done rented a car, went down there, got a hotel room for the night, went to the model call the next morning, and I booked it. I booked it. I was so happy. It was like, um, it was a good number of women there. And so the first round was just like, you walk in the room and the person from the company, the person from Carol's daughter, she's like, okay, you stay, you go, you stay, you stay. So the first round, she's like going down the line. She looks at me and she's like, you stay. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, inside, but I'm trying to keep my composure. So we go back out, sit down until she finishes, and she comes back, and she looks at everyone again, and then she does, like, another round of picking. She ended up picking me. I believe it was, like, seven of us that she went with out of I don't know how many. So I just felt so blessed, right, in that moment. And I was like, this is good. This is good. But a lot of times as people, when things aren't going at a pace that we want them to go at, we can become very discouraged. And that's what happened to me because that was in March, and so the way my agency, I don't know if I should be saying this, (laughs) I'm going to try to, like, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm going to try to, like, um, talk without saying anything that would, like, ultimately get me in trouble, I guess, so, which is why I was hesitant, again, about saying this, so anyway, the way it kind of works is they let us know of different jobs and opportunities and stuff like that. And you can decide to submit or not submit, you know, if you fit the criteria. If you have seen me before, if you've seen a picture of me before, you know that I am a black woman with natural hair and a darker skin tone. A lot of jobs and opportunities are not for black women with natural hair and darker skin tones. And that has been one of the reoccurring factors that I have been dealing with in this 
kind of lane, like how to navigate it being a darker skinned black woman because a lot of times when these things come down the pipeline and you look at the breakdown and what they are looking for in a model or an actress, a lot of times they're not checking for me or checking for people that look like me. Um, it's discouraging sometimes. It's discouraging a lot of times. I will say 90% of the time it's discouraging when I look at a breakdown and it says seeking, some of them will say like seeking African-American woman racially ambiguous. So if you don't know what racially ambiguous means in this industry, it basically means a black woman or a woman of color that you look at but you can't tell they are black that's what that means so when you want to work and you want to gain experience and you know you want to do all these things but it just seems like every time you turn around there are no opportunities for you you can have two different thoughts so one is okay i want to create opportunities for myself and two wow where like where do I fit in with this and I have been definitely leaning towards the creating opportunities for myself but even that is hard because you don't have a guidebook you don't have a playbook there's no one to tell you okay this is what you do this is what you don't do and then at the same time in creating opportunities for yourself it takes a lot out of you and even that can be discouraging, just like waiting for something to possibly come down that you fit. So the very first thing I booked, again, was back in March with Carol's Daughter. And then um, last week, last week, I believe at the end of, no, it was before I got my wisdom teeth pulled because I got my wisdom teeth taken out on a Friday. So it was Thursday night before that. I had gotten a breakdown from them and they said these people are looking for this and it said african-american it didn't have racially ambiguous next to it and i was so excited but mind you in between in this however month span from march to now september six month span i have been applying left and right to different things and just have not been um selected now, I'm not saying that my race is, like, always a factor. Sometimes I'm just really not where they are looking for. I might not be fitting um, their look, you know, or, you know, it's a lot that goes into it. But, so this is not just about race. So get that out of your head if that's where you think I'm going with this. It's not. So anyway, we got a breakdown. I submitted, and how this one worked is... I let them know that I was interested in submitting. They would let the company know and send the company my headshot. The company would then choose via headshots who they wanted to select for a callback. Went through all of that. The company hits me up. Well, hits my agency up, and then my agency hits me up. And my agency is like, yeah, you have a callback tomorrow. So I submitted the self-tape Thursday, and I think last Wednesday or something like that I got an email from my agency saying yeah they want to see you in person uh in Tampa tomorrow and I'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. like again I live in North Florida I can't just leave like out of the blue I have a job I have school and it was the very next day the day of the callback I had class and I also had work and I just started a new job last the week before I hadn't even been working there a week so I'm like I felt bad I couldn't just 
leave my job but I text my boss anyway and I still felt bad but you know her response was not bad to me asking her or telling her about the callback but I ended up going to work anyway just because I felt so bad about skipping out on work and I had just started and I could have missed school but I was just like no so I that night I was very bummed like very sad and I'm not going to lie I, you know, even though I come on here every week and tell y'all, you know, this is what you should do to be happy. This is what you should do to work on yourself. This is what you should do to navigate your emotions. I am a work in progress. Like, I am able to help you all in ways that I know how. But I am the very first person to let you know that I am not perfect and I do not have it all figured out. So that night... After I decided that I was not going to the call back the next day, I laid in my bed and I cried. I cried. But while I cried, I also had a conversation with God. And when people, I get a lot of questions sometimes about how do you talk to God? How do you pray? Et cetera, et cetera. And I tell people all the time that prayer is just a conversation between friends it is just talking to him and I think the church has gotten people feeling like uh every time that prayer is more of like a a showmanship kind of thing who can pray the hardest who can pray the longest who can you know and it's not that prayer is literally a conversation just talking you don't have to have everything figured out or anything like that so I just was having a conversation and I was telling him, I can't remember everything I said verbatim because remember I'm crying and I'm all worked up, but I'm telling him in this conversation, like, you know, I have been at this for a little while, you know, less than a year, but it still has felt like a long time I've been at this. I've only gotten one opportunity and that was the one that I had to go to everything else that I submit to and get selected that way nothing has been happening for me I'm confused did I leave my other job too soon was it a mistake for me to take this job and I told him verbatim I'm not upset with you but I am sad because I feel like every time you open a door for me or I feel like there's something that has my name on it I feel like you wait until I get up on it to like almost grab it and then you snatch it away and I'm really not understanding what you want from me. Like, what do you want me to do? Now, to give this a little more context so you can understand how I was feeling, that same week, yeah, that same week, I had gotten an email from my chapter, my sorority chapter, and the email was saying that um, in my area, they have a scholarship for graduate and undergraduate students. And, you know, I tell y'all all the time, apply, apply, apply. So in the email, she said that they apparently had the scholarship, but no one applied for the scholarship. So they extended the deadline for a week. Submit all your stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, this has my name on it because I hadn't even heard about it um, earlier on previously so this is my first time hearing about it and I'm like this is for me this has my name on it I'm supposed to get this scholarship which is why God uh and you see how I'm putting words in God's mouth 
That's laughable right there. So I'm like, this is why God, you know, extended the deadline. This is for me. Well, mind you, I still have to pay my tuition for this semester. So, again, everything is not all gravy (laughs) all the time. So uh, that week, you know, I'm working on, and again, this is the same week that I have to get my wisdom teeth surgery. So I'm, like, trying to get everything done early. in advance so I can have time to recover and I'm like not stressed like I've already done everything I needed to do beforehand so I'm like getting recommendation letters from people I am purchasing my transcript I am like doing everything I need to do writing the essay for the scholarship and the day that I got my wisdom teeth surgery that morning I went to the post office and dropped off everything I needed to mail them Mind you, I had been emailing them beforehand saying, um, you know, just asking questions, but I hadn't received an email from anyone back. But I was just like, okay, whatever. After I mail the scholarship application, they email me the following week and they're like, yeah, uh, there's been a miscommunication. We didn't extend the scholarship deadline. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean you didn't extend the scholarship deadline? They told me y'all did, so I just had to choke that one up. Like, you know, you win some, you lose some. But, you know, that, you know, that would have been very helpful to me trying to pay my tuition this semester. And I thought that that scholarship was for me. I thought God had set that up some kind of way where there was a week extension. So that was going to help me out with my tuition. On the other hand... The modeling, um, well, this one would have been acting, but with my agency, you know, I submit the self-tape. I actually get it, and I have submitted self-tape after self-tape after self-tape with, like, I can't even tell you how many self-tapes and submissions I have done and not booked anything, right? So I submit the self-tape really not thinking that much of it, like, okay, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Like, that's where I was at with it because of all of the um just just not getting anything I can't think of the word that I want to use but like just never being selected for anything so I was just kind of like okay submit you know here's the headshot here's the resume if they want me they want me and then for them to actually want to see me again and have a callback was like huge to me and then to not be able to go to the callback because I got this new job and I have to go to class and it's the next day and then to not get the scholarship because of a miscommunication I just felt like just just, again sad so I'm like telling him all of this stuff and I'm just like laying it out on the table and I think one thing that you should remember if you don't take anything else from this episode is that when you have a conversation with God be straight up like he already knows how you feel The only thing he wants from us is to vocalize those things. Like, just say it. Say it to him. So, I tell him. I cry. And I'm just like, all right. I'm going to sleep. Like, I'm telling him I'm going to sleep. It's in your hands. I'm still sad. I still don't understand. But it's in your hands, and I trust you. I go to sleep that night. The very next day. Less than 24 hours later, I am on campus. Mind you, I'm in a pissy kind of mood, like, all morning because I'm still hurt on the inside about how I'm feeling about this, you know, this casting. I'm like, it's 3 o'clock right now. I would have been in Tampa, you know, at a casting. 
so I'm in a little pissing mood I'm not gonna lie and around 3 30 uh, it's hard to explain but an overwhelming calm that's the only way I can explain it came over me where I completely forgot all about the self-tape I forgot all about the audition I forgot all about the scholarship I was just doing some homework and I pick up my phone and I check my email a lot so I pick up my phone and I check my email and I see an email from someone and I'm like huh so I read the email and it is this awesome 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 opportunity and when the time is right and I can tell you all I will trust me I will but it is this awesome opportunity so I immediately forward it to my mom and I sent it to Jasmine who has been here on the podcast she's one of my best friends I sent it to her because the night before I had told her how I felt about missing the audition and how I felt bad and I was sad and everything like that and she texts me back and she's like you see, you see, you see how God works? This is what I'm talking about. Like, you just got something way better than you even imagined. And my mom, she's like, this is awesome. This is amazing, blah, blah, And I'm like, yeah, you know, thanks. And I put the phone down. I finished my homework or whatever. And, like, 20 minutes later, it was like a light bulb came on or something. Like, something happened upstairs to where I was like, wait a minute. I go back and read the email, and I just start crying I just started crying because I guess it hadn't really settled in yet yeah maybe I was in shock I don't know but it is an awesome opportunity I cannot wait to tell y'all so that happened and then yesterday one of my good friends she has been on here as well Janae she texted me randomly I was on my way to a sorority meeting and she's like, hey, we're having a panel here in Jacksonville in November. Do you want to be the moderator? Would you be the moderator? And I'm like, yeah, girl. First of all, I love Janae. Whatever she needs, I'm there. Um, I'm like, yeah, girl. And boom, there you go, another opportunity. And I wanted to share that with you all to say that sometimes we feel like God is not listening or that he may be leading us down this trail that we really do not understand, or he gives us these forking roads, and we're like, well, both look good. Which one do you want me to take? And it can be very overwhelming and hard to differentiate sometimes what is best for us because both look so shiny and good. The only thing God wants from us, instead of going on our own accord, to say, okay, I think he wants me to take this one, or I think he wants me to take that one, so I'm going to take this one. Instead of trying to make the decision on your own, look up. Like, and I, I hate to even say that because it sounds so churchy, and sounding churchy can tend to turn people off, and I don't want to turn you off. But look up and just have a conversation with him and tell him how you feel. Say, I'm confused. Say, I don't know which one to take. Say, I am sad. Say, I thought that this was for me and it didn't work out. So I don't know what you want from me because those are all the things that I told him because that's how I was feeling. And I had fell into a slump for a while where I was just kind of like, 
glossing over prayer, glossing over talking to God, like just something to check the box off in the morning or at night before I went to sleep. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for protecting me throughout the day. Watch over me and my family. I ask for healing, grace, and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Just to check a box. So get away from that. Stop looking at prayer and conversation with God as just checking a box and look at it as time that you're spending with a friend because ultimately and truthfully, that's what it is. It's nothing but time and communion with the person, the creator who made you, who predestined you to be great, who has a plan for you. Like, And that is just so amazing to me to think that there is a plan for me. It has already been written. The only thing I have to do is follow the guidelines to keep following him, to keep trusting him, to keep having conversation with him. And when I'm confused or I don't understand something, to say that to him because that's all he wants. And that's all he wants from you as well. And I wanted to share that with y'all because I am just so thankful because sometimes we think things are for us and when they fall through just like you know the scholarship and then the call back and everything when it fell through I we are so quick to say well it didn't work out maybe it's not for me I do that a lot I'm an Aries I am a fire sign um I think my rising sign is Gemini so I'm all twisted up okay upstairs in the head sometimes I'm fighting with a lot a lot of different thoughts and feelings but instead of throwing in the towel why don't you just take a second to say okay maybe this did not work for me or maybe this hasn't been working for the past few months because again last thing I booked was something in March and it's now September the end of the year um and that's the only thing that I booked so instead of saying this isn't for me and trying to navigate and move on to something on my own, I am going to trust him and have faith that, one, again, the plan is already written, and two, if I just listen to him and have a conversation with him, he is going to work out everything. And one prayer that I have been saying a lot uh, I tend to say it in the shower. I don't know if that's TMI, but I, I don't know what it is about the shower and this prayer and me. But I tend to say it in the shower, and it is always, and if you want to use this, you use it, but use it in a way that it concerns you. You know, like, I'm Shakira, and you are you. Our paths are different. What is for you is for you. What is for me is for me. So if you can take something from this, you know, kind of morph it into how it fits your life. But one thing I always say is, God, I ask that you put my name in rooms that I am not in and that my work will speak for itself when I'm not there. And for both of those opportunities, my name had to be in rooms that, one, I was not in, two, I didn't even know existed because I say that too. Father, I know you're putting my name in rooms that I don't even know exist right now. There are people somewhere talking about me that I don't even, I haven't even met yet. And if something is meant for you and your name is in that room, God is going to make a way for it to happen for you. You just have to trust him. And there is an interview on YouTube. It is between Mahershala Ali, who is, um, 
let me see if you don't know who Mahershala is. If you've seen Moonlight, he was the guy who took in Chiron. He was Janelle Monae's um, boyfriend. And what, what else has Mahershala been? He's been in a lot, but just Google him. You'll know who I'm talking about. It was a conversation between him and John David Washington, who was Denzel Washington's son. And I screen recorded it, and I saved it in my phone, and I want to try to insert a piece of what I'm talking about so you can hear it for yourself in here. Uh, but he says there was a hairstylist, I believe, or a someone who worked on set, and she told him, you just ask God to guide you to your excellence. That's the only thing you ask him, guide me to my excellence. And ever since I've seen that, I, every time I remember, I try to remember to say it. Even if it's briefly, if I say it while I'm walking down the street in my head, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking it. Lord, I ask that you guide me to my excellence. Ever since I've watched that, I've tried to make a point to always say that when I think about it. And I'm going to insert that clip right here. I know. <laughs> it's funny. I had this, um, there's a makeup artist I work with. I remember I was on Tremaine. I was doing like a couple of scenes here and there, mm -hmm. you know, and I was in a place at least where I was just really hungry to do more, you know, and more fulfilling work, you know. Okay, yeah. And I remember she says to me, your name's Debbie Young, and she said to me, she said, Mahershala, you ask God to guide you to your excellence. And and I've been praying that, like, almost every, you know, it mm -hmm. always pops up for me. And I felt like that moment right there was, and I think for so many people, whatever your whatever your path is, whatever your passion is, that like we all just want to be guided to our excellence, you know that that right. that place within us. And people label it different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's people who are atheists, there's people who are agnostic or whatever, right. Muslim, Jew, whatever. Right. But I think for me, it was, I just want to be fulfilled. I want to be holistically, but I want to be guided to my excellence. And so, I think in that moment, I felt like it was a prayer that got answered. So. With all of that being said, I hope that this conversation is helpful to someone. I always pray before I do these and ask that if it's just one person out of the thousands of y'all that listen, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you all, if it's only one person that gets something from it, then I've done my job. So hopefully that one person who needed to hear this on the day that you're listening to it, whether it's from a month from now, today, tomorrow, a week from now, I hope that you take this and run with it and that you use it every single day and that it's something that stays with you for the rest of your life. I'm thankful for y'all again. Don't forget that you can follow us on the Instagram at Carefree and Black Diaries and on Twitter at Carefree, B-L-K-P-O-D. We have merch that will be linked in the description of this podcast episode and you can also find that the link to that on both the instagram and the twitter but i am thankful for each and every one of you all for listening and tuning in hopefully soon i will be inspired to get back to breaking down episodes but for now i am happy and content with just having a conversation with you all and hopefully you all are as well don't forget to stay black and carefree and we'll see you next time in the next episode of the carefree and black diaries bye guys Thank you.